the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel, Defender of Zion. Shalom. Beginning tonight and all day Monday is Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Why do Jews feel this is the holiest day of the year? Why should this holy day be important to Christians too? Let's pray and then we'll answer those questions. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King, you are holy. And this is a holy season. And we pray that our hearts would be pure before you, that our lives would be a testimony of your righteousness, and that we truly would come into your presence each and every day. But especially this evening, which is begins us your second appointed time for the fall season, Yom Kippur. And I thank you for atoning for my sins. We bless you. We worship you. We acknowledge you. Pour out your spirit on our listeners that they would be blessed. I pray all of this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Well, I'm asking certainly if the radio program ministers to you, You'd consider a monthly pledge or a one-time gift. And you can call Karen at 813-831-5673 or go to heartofmessiah.org. I appreciate your prayerful and financial involvement. And uh, what I'd really love to see is that you invite a Jewish pre-believer, a friend, somebody, or a family member who doesn't know the Lord, to watch with you on our Yom Kippur services tonight at 7, um, and then tomorrow at 11 a.m. And you can find us on Facebook. It's facebook.com backslash Shoresh David. Or better yet, come in person and bring the Jewish pre-believer with you. We would love to have them here and and be able to speak to them. Yom Kippur is the second in the fall feast. It's the Day of Atonement, and we see uh, what is written about it in Leviticus 23, 26 to 32. It's uh, Tishrei 10 on the Hebrew calendar, and this is the holy day before Sukkot the last one mentioned in Leviticus 23. So let's do, before we 
look at Yom Kippur, let's do a quick review of how God designed these holy days. First of all, all the holy days, or these appointed times, these Moedim, come from Leviticus 23. And it begins with Shabbat, the Sabbath. That's the first appointed time. That's our weekly appointed time, amen? And from there, we transition to the spring feast, Pesach, or Passover. Yeshua is our Passover lamb. His death brings us atonement and eternal life. And this uh, holy day has been fulfilled in Yeshua. He was the blood sacrifice that we needed in order to have our sins atoned for. Secondly, Hag Hag Hamasot, which is unleavened bread. And this particular Moedim is attached to the Passover Moedim, so in a sense, the Jewish community sees it as one, though it is separated in two in Scripture. And it's uh, we eat only unleavened bread. We take all leaven out of our food. We don't have foods with leaven in it. And it's symbolic for removing leaven or sin from our lives as a result of knowing the atonement we receive in Yeshua. So it's fulfilled in Yeshua. He was without sin so that we could be without sin before him, and he atoned for us. The third holy day in the spring is Yom HaBikurim, which is the Feast of First Fruits, and it commemorates the resurrection of Yeshua from death to life, a promise to us too. Yeshua is the first fruit, and we will be first fruit after him. So naturally, this has also been fulfilled. Then there's a time which is not really part, I mean, it's in Leviticus 23, the counting of the Omer. It's not necessarily a uh, Moedim, but um, I do believe we are to count. And in anticipation of what God is going to do after these 50 days, and so uh, we get to Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks. Some call it Pentecost. And on this date, the law was given. God's Spirit is given on the same day, 1,350 years after the law, law was given. And it's fulfilled in Yeshua. Yeshua is the Word made flesh. And when he rose, he left us the gift of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. Pretty exciting, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, the fall feasts, uh, feasts are yet to be fulfilled. So the fall feasts uh, look towards Yeshua's return, the final judgment and world redemption. So we start with, as we did last week, Rosh Hashanah, the feast of trumpets called Yom Teruah, and it's considered the Jewish New Year, and we blow the shofar uh, or the shofarot, and uh, it could be a time in the distance, we don't know when, but Yeshua returns. God is seeking to awake us from spiritual slumber to be ready for his return. And then the next holy day, which is, starts tonight, is Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. And it's 10 days after Rosh Hashanah. 
And in this holy day, we'll fast and humble ourselves in prayer. We'll repent and ask for forgiveness. And it could very well be the time of Israel's salvation, and God gives a last call to his people when he returns. Finally, eight is Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, also called Zaman Simchatenu, time of our rejoicing. And it's observed by building a temporary booth, and the temporary booth, I believe, is symbolic of our temporary body. But Yeshua gathers us up. Our temporary body is no longer, but we are with him forever, rejoicing in him forever. Now, between uh, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, uh, we've had these 10 days of awe called Yamim Noraim, or it's called the Days of Repentance. And in these 10 days from Rosh Hashanah ending in Yom Kippur, this is a time for serious introspection, a time to consider the sins of the previous year and repent before Yom Kippur. The holiest day in the Jewish calendar is spent in fasting, prayer, and confessing our sins. Yom Kippur is probably the most important holy day of the Jewish calendar year. Uh, Many Jews who do not observe any other Jewish custom will refrain from work, fast, and or attend synagogue services on this day. Uh, That's what I did growing up. Uh, The Yom Kippur means Day of Atonement, and that pretty much explains this appointed time we are to be atoned for. It's a day where we set aside to afflict the soul and atone for the sins of the past year. The traditional thought is that on Yom Kippur, the judgment entered in God's books is sealed. This day is essentially your last appeal, your last chance to change the judgment, to demonstrate your repentance and make amends. As a generalization, the Jewish people are so close and yet so far away. So let's look at the verses about Yom Kippur in Leviticus 23. Adonai spoke to Moses, saying, However, the tenth day of the seventh month is Yom Kippur, a holy convocation to you, so you are to afflict yourselves. You are to bring an offering made by fire to Adonai. You are not to do any kind of work on that set day, for it is Yom Kippur to make atonement for you before Adonai your God. For anyone who does not deny himself on that day must be cut off from his people. Anyone who does any kind of work on that day, that person I will destroy from among his people. You should do no kind of work. Wow, (laughs) three times now, right? Do you think God is serious about this? It is a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. It is to be a Shabbat of solemn rest for you, and you are to humble your souls. On the ninth day of the month in the evening, from the evening until the evening, you are to keep your Shabbat. Well, that certainly seems clear. Uh, Number one, you have a convocation, meaning you attend services. 
to an offering by fire, and I pray that each one of us will bring fire in our hearts to the Lord as a sacrifice of praise. Number three, we deny ourselves, we afflict our souls, we fast, we humble ourselves, we look at ourselves and see what sins we must get rid of. Number four, no work. (laughs) I think as God mentioned it three times in three verses, I think we should understand he's serious. And that's for you or anybody among you. And then finally, observe Yom Kippur forever. A seventh month, tenth day. So as believers, our Yom Kippur service is somewhat similar to the traditional Jewish service. Uh, It's a serious rest day. God reveals to us that we've sinned. God asks us to spend a day of humbling and afflicting our flesh, which is why we fast. Uh, We repent continuously. The difference is that we know God provides forgiveness through Yeshua, our high priest, who did all the work. We come to him, repent, and he forgives. The way I look at it is after we repent, it's safe now to come into the presence of the living God and receive his love. Even many believers have trouble with this as they think they're not good enough. However, Yom Kippur is about being cleansed and then learning how to receive God's love. It's very sad to me that most Jewish people don't see this. They treat Yom Kippur as a solemn day, but uh, most Jewish people follow the traditions of Yom Kippur and they fast. However, the understanding of Yom Kippur prophetically is mostly not in their thoughts. I'll give you one example. Uh, It's kind of funny that uh, the very religious Jews will not blow the shofar, even though it's the Shabbat, uh, on Yom Kippur. And they feel that that is breaking God's law of that you cannot work. So you can't carry the, the shofar. You can't blow the shofar because that's work and so on. Yet, in Leviticus 25.9, it says, Then on the tenth day of the seventh month, which is Yom Kippur, right? You are to sound the shofar blast. You are to sound the shofar all throughout your land. And, you know, so often we do things that are common sense to us, but really don't follow God. And so this is an example of it. And so we do blow the shofar on Yom Kippur. Absolutely. Leviticus 16 is a description of Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Listen closely as you find out there is a need in the Jewish community, even though they say there isn't, but there is a need for a high priest so that we can come to the Lord. Now, Jewish people will say they don't need anyone to help them come to God. They don't realize God has always had someone to bring us closer to himself. And after the law was given, it was the high priest. So in Leviticus 16.16, it says, So he, meaning the high priest, shall make atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel and because of their transgressions 
for all their sins, and so he shall do for the tabernacle of meeting, which remains among them in the midst of their uncleanness. There shall be no man in the tabernacle of meeting when he goes in to make atonement in the holy place. So in other words, he goes alone until he comes out that he may make atonement for himself, for his household, and for all the assembly of Israel. The high priest, as you can see here, makes atonement. Nobody's with him. Your sins were atoned for because of what the high priest does. And the foundations of Yeshua's atoning work at Yom Kippur is seen best in Hebrews 9.11. As we read it, keep in mind the following verse from Leviticus 17.11 first. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I've given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood by reason of the life that makes atonement. So now let's read Hebrews 9.11. But when Messiah appeared as Kohen Gadol, which is the high priest, of the good things that have now come, passing through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, this is not to say, this is to say not of this creation, he entered into the holies once for all, not by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling those who have been defiled sanctify for the cleansing of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Messiah, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? For this reason, he is the mediator of a new covenant, in order that those called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. Since a death has taken place that redeems them from violations under the first covenant. For where there is a covenant, the death of the one who made it must be established. For a covenant is secured upon the basis of dead bodies, since it has no strength as long as the one who made it lives. That is why not even the first covenant was inaugurated without blood. And, you know, really our sealing of this covenant from our point of view is when we die to ourself and receive Yeshua as Mashiach, Messiah and Lord of our life. Now, again, Jewish people, believe it or not, many of them don't really see themselves as sinners. But yet Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are set right as a gift of grace through the redemption that is in Messiah Yeshua. God set forth Yeshua as an atonement through faith in his blood to show his righteousness in passing over sins already committed. Through God's forbearance, he demonstrates his righteousness at the present time, that he himself is just and also the justifier of the one who puts his trust in Yeshua. Uh, it's amazing what scripture, how Scripture puts it all together. 
You know, on the cross, Yeshua was displayed as our sacrifice, atonement, and fulfillment of what Yom Kippur is all about. Now, how would you share this with Jewish people? You can't really go to the New Covenant. They don't believe in the New Covenant. So let's look at that. Number one, we're all sinners before God, and we use Ecclesiastes 7.20. Surely there's not a righteous person on earth who does not what is good and doesn't sin. Number two, sin separates us from God. Isaiah 59.2, your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Number three, we must repent. There are a number of verses, but I chose Nehemiah 9.28. When they repented and cried out to you, you heard from heaven, and according to your compassion, you delivered them many times. Number four, God forgives and redeems us through his great love. Isaiah 53, 6. We, are, we all are like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us turned to his own way. So the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And if you read that, you ask the person who's Jewish, who is him? Or also in this one, in verse, in, in number, uh, the fifth one, uh, someone took our sins upon himself or themselves. Who was it? Isaiah 53, 11 and 12. The righteous one, my servant, will make many righteous, and he will bear their iniquities. He poured out his soul to death and was counted with transgressors, for he bore the sin of many and interceded for the transgressors. So who's being spoken of in these verses? Well, I believe that many people who are Jewish will recognize that this is about Yeshua. This is why it's so great to use these verses, and of course also Isaiah 9, 5, and 6, you know, the one that starts out, for unto us a child is born, and so on. Yes. We've gone over that, right? Okay. What about the prophetic fulfillment of these fall feasts? Well, Rosh Hashanah, the shofar blasts, and the Lord returns. Amen? Yom Kippur, the final moment in time to accept Yeshua, the final atonement for our sins. One day that'll be the final time. And then one day in the right after that, we have Sukkot, which we'll talk about next week. But just understand that in Sukkot, we are brought with Messiah in the air, and we no longer have our physical body, but we live with the Lord forever. Amen? So that's pretty exciting uh, prophetically. We don't know when it'll happen. Some people feel it's going to happen in the next few years. could happen this year. But I feel that it's still a ways off. That's just my opinion. Look, uh, we'll talk next week about Sukkot. Call our office to get our calendars, which will include Sukkot and Simchat Torah, which we haven't talked about either. It's not really an appointed time, but we celebrate it along with the eighth day celebration, which is part of the Leviticus 23 scripture. So, And we're doing this on a Sunday afternoon outside in a park uh, 
near the the uh, Vinoy Hotel um, by the water. So I'll give you more directions next week as to where it is and exactly what time. I believe it begins at 4 p.m. We'd love to see you out there with your friends and family, and it's a, a great service. Uh, please visit our website, Shoresh, S-H-O-R-E-S-H, david.org, and then come and visit us. Uh, we'd love to see you. We have four locations. We have we, we just love visitors. We love children as well. So please uh, come. If you can't, uh, look at us on Facebook Live, uh, facebook.com backslash Shoresh David. May the power of God's Word and His Holy Spirit saturate you this day and especially during this season of holy days as you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. I pray all of this in the name of Yeshua. Amen and Amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah. God of Israel Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.